0: Today, the church celebrates the solemnity of Mary, the mother of God. And as we all know, like any good and loving, caring mother, Mary is still very much involved in our lives, the lives of her children. We just heard from St. Paul say that the Spirit has given us the ability to call God our Father, and that makes Mary, the mother of Jesus, our mother. She cares for us and provides for us, even as she cared for and provided for the baby Jesus lying helplessly there in the manger. And because she loves us with such love, with a love that is so full of divine grace, she has chosen to appear to us over and over throughout the course of history, out of that deep concern that we as a church Her children stay on the path to heaven, stay on the path to her son Jesus. One of the most astonishing and most famous examples of these visits of our Blessed Mother has to be her series of apparitions at Fatima in Portugal just over a hundred years ago, back in the year 1917. I will be sharing more about this beautiful story of Fatima and how it impacts us today, starting this morning, the first Saturday of the month, and the first Saturday of the new year at that. And then we'll be continuing to unfold that story over the course of the next four consecutive first Saturdays of the month, as part of a particular devotion that Our Lady of Fatima herself requested that we pray. Part of the Fatima story that is perhaps less well-known however, is that before Our Lady ever appeared to those three little shepherd children, Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco, an angel was first sent to them in order to prepare the way for Mary, the mother of God. In the spring of 1916, these children reported seeing a beautiful angel appearing to them, an angel of light, And beauty and grace. And the angel said to them, as angels always seem to say to us, Do not be afraid. And then he went on to say, I am the angel of peace. Pray with me. Again, just as in the gospel that we heard today, an angel came with beautiful news to shepherds. This time, Three little shepherd children in the little town, not of Bethlehem, but of Fatima. Isn't that beautiful? God never replicates his work. He never repeats it. But he does seem to rhyme really well. And just like those shepherds of Bethlehem on Christmas night, who after the angel announced the coming of Christ, went and they made known the message, the three shepherd children of Fatima were also about to be entrusted with a great message from Our Lady for the entire world's benefit, a message of peace. I read on our worship aid this very morning, I didn't know it was, but this is the world day of prayer for peace. God always promises us peace when we are in union with Him and when we are in union with His Son. That first reading that we heard from the book of Numbers happens to be how the Old Testament priests, the Levitical priests, were instructed to offer blessings to the people of Israel. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord let his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you kindly and give you peace. So shall they invoke my name upon the Israelites and I will bless them, says the Lord. Over and over, God pursues his beloved people and he looks to bless them with peace. The prophet Isaiah said that the future Messiah would be the prince of peace. Micah also said that he shall be peace. St. Paul in his letter to the Ephesians said that Jesus himself is our peace, our peace with God. When Jesus is raised from the dead on Easter morning, the first word out of his mouth is peace The angels in our gospel today sang a hymn of glory after sharing good news to the shepherds about the birth of Christ, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We sing that same song just about every Sunday and every solemnity of the liturgical year. Why do we do that? Because as our gospel recounted... All who heard this message were amazed. We are amazed by our God who comes to give us peace in Jesus Christ, his most beloved Son. All who heard were amazed. And the same would be true for Lucia, Jacinta, and Francisco, who receive a message from the angel of peace, and then later messages from Our Lady herself. All who heard their message were amazed. Now, some people were amazed in a negative way. They responded with derision and with skepticism. They reacted perhaps even with violent rejection. But many listened to them with faith burning in their hearts. Millions of people now have heard their message. Through the witness of these three little kids, the voice of heaven urging them on to holiness, to redemptive suffering, and to a deep peace that the world simply cannot offer us. And Mary kept all these things, reflecting on them in her heart. That verse in the Gospel of Luke gets repeated several times, and it reveals, I think, something profound about Our Lady, the Holy Mother of God. It reveals that her heart keeps things, it receives things, it reflects on things that are received. It's vulnerable to things from the outside. The world word vulnerable means woundable. To be woundable means above all to be available and receptive. Mary savors and cherishes the beautiful and the true and the good things that God reveals to her. And she receives them freely into herself, heart, mind, and will. Her heart is a sanctuary within which the light of God can dwell safely and be forever contemplated. In fact, she is so woundable, so vulnerable, So available and so receptive that the word could take up residence in her womb. God himself could take flesh within her. But we must also remember that this glorious fact about Mary's immaculate heart, that it can keep things, that it can receive things, also brings with it great suffering. Because her immaculate heart also received seven swords. The fact of the matter is, is that she also keeps and ponders all of the atrocities and all of the offenses that we commit against our loving and merciful God. She sees with greater clarity than any of us how dark and forlorn our fallen world really is, and her immaculate heart grows sorrowful. Why? because her heart loves her children so much. She sees with terrible clarity how we offend God by our pride and our resentment, our bitterness, our envy, our greed, our judgmentalism, our lusts. An indifferent heart, a heart that is hardened by apathy and self-love, would not be vulnerable, would not be woundable, by all of this darkness. It's never pierced by the spiritual sickness in those around us and in our own hearts. It doesn't care, it doesn't love. Think about your own heart for a moment. How often do we wander through life focused only on what affects us and our plans and our desires? I know that I speak for myself that my heart is so often hard and unyielding. It's unwoundable. We try hard not to keep things in there, reflecting and contemplating. We do our best to keep things out there at arm's length. We try not to be woundable. We do our best to be impervious, buffered against anything that could hurt us or upset us or challenge us. But even so, our hearts are still wounded. In each of our lives, there have been events, encounters, addictions, betrayals, and sins that we keep deep in our hearts, whether we like to admit them or not, whether we ask the Lord for healing and for freedom or not. But Mary's heart, her immaculate heart, gives us hope. Because she opens her heart up to us and says, I've kept all these things here. I've kept you here. I've pondered them in my heart. Let me be your mother. And I think that that's at the heart of the Fatima apparitions. A loving mother who begs an indifferent world to pray and offer sacrifice for those who don't care about God anymore who have sinned grievously against him and against their compassionate mother's stainless heart. In one apparition, she says to the three little children, sacrifice yourselves for sinners. And say often, especially when you make some sacrifice, oh my Jesus, this is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners, and in reparation for the offenses committed against The Immaculate Heart of Mary. Reparation means making up for someone else's sin, someone else's indifference, someone else's hurt. Will we listen to our mother's plea? Will we keep these things, these words from a concerned and deeply affected mother in our hearts? That's what the first five Saturday devotion, which we begin together as a St. Andrew's parish community today, is ultimately for. On the first Saturday of every single month, for five consecutive months, we offer ourselves, our own hearts, weak and broken and sinful as they are, in reparation for all of the sins of the world. We offer reparation especially for those offenses against our pure and all-loving Mother, the Mother of our God and Lord Jesus Christ. The instructions for this devotion, if you're interested in joining us, which you don't have to, but I invite you to, the instructions for this devotion given to Lucia from Mary herself are pretty simple. So here's the four things. First, we come together in worship for the Holy Mass on the first Saturday of five months, receiving Holy Communion as an act of reparation for all of the sins and terrible offenses against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. That intention is important, and it kind of carries over into the next couple of instructions as well. Second, we are asked to make a good, sincere confession in the Sacrament of Reconciliation, shortly before or after the first Saturday. Again, with that express intention of confessing our sins out of love and reparation for her heart. We have confessions scheduled later today from 3.30 until 5, and then on Monday, directly following daily Mass at noon. Either of those opportunities would be beautiful times for you to come and meet this particular request from Our Lady. Third, we are asked to pray five decades of the rosary, again, with that same intention on the first Saturday itself. So many of you probably were here earlier, before Mass, and you prayed a rosary already today. Uh, So unite that intention with that rosary, or if you didn't pray the rosary before Mass, you can pray one sometime today. Fourth, we are asked to meditate on all of the mysteries of the rosary for at least 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. I'll be offering this meditation shortly after Mass in the Daily Mass Chapel, unless there's too many people that come, and then we'll come back in here. But I will be offering that meditation after Mass for any of you who are interested in completing this component of the devotion together today. When we humbly obey and listen to our mother... God's grace is unleashed in our world, and sinners' hearts are converted. We can believe and trust this truth. In fact, our personal act of faith is mysteriously connected with whether or not real conversions and real transformations actually take place. Do you have faith that can move mountains, that can melt hardened hearts Our Lady's words are clear. Pray, pray much, and sacrifice for sinners. For many souls go to hell because there is no one to sacrifice and pray for them. Imagine, you can help someone encounter Jesus today. The very first day of 2022. That's amazing. So, on this solemnity of the Mother of God... Let us turn confidently to our Lord, thanking him for his love and his infinite mercy for poor sinners. He is so good to us. We can't help but pray the words of the holy angels at his birth in Bethlehem. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to people of goodwill.